Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Did you know Cisco helps manage service providers directly? Know about the Cisco Partner Program? Focused on helping partners combine managed service expertise and service creation with innovative Cisco technology and proven go-to-market resources, there's a program option for you. With provider pricing, MDF, and marketing resources coupled with Cisco's leading technologies, including Meraki, Duo, and Umbrella, learn more with the link right in the show notes. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Mr. Dave Sobel, and we're going to spend a half hour pretending like we don't talk to each other all the time. I almost wanted to do the killing it intro right then because it's, it's so <laughs> like so rote and what we normally do. So if you haven't heard of Dave Sobel, uh, he's the man. Uh, he runs MSP Radio and the Business of Tech, which you can find at businessof.tech and, uh, and also mspradio.com. Dave was a, I don't know, 100 years ago, a managed service provider, super longtime friend of mine, became one of the community leaders was the first Microsoft MVP for virtualization, I believe. Well, I was I, I, first one, I think, focused on SMB. I was definitely not ah. the first, but I was definitely one of the one, early ones for, for coming in focused on the SMB space. So, all right. And then uh, went off and uh, worked for a couple of vendors, um, made, I assume, hundreds of millions of dollars and is like getting ready to go on the next space flight with SpaceX. Well, I'm clearly, I'm clearly free of need to work. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not overblow those successes. <laughs> and then a, a few years ago, so was it 2019 you started MSP radio? I did. I did. I went in, went, went back out on my own in 2019. So 2019, he decides what can I contribute to this community that uh, nobody else is doing? And actually came up with something pretty amazing. So why don't you fill in the gaps and then tell us about MSP Radio and what you're up to. So I, I can tell you, the, the, the pro, you always have to start with what problem are you solving? Uh, and for me, you know, when I, when I was looking for the next adventure, if you, if you look at my whole career, it's this idea of exploring what it means to deliver services around technology. That's where I've been. I was a consultant way back when. I did the managed services provider. I then went to work for a vendor that serves this space. And then when it was like, well, what's the next chapter? I said, well, what problem can I solve? The one I identified was that I thought that there wasn't enough in, an independent journalist slash analyst who, who focused on the voice of solution providers, IT services companies. I draw this triangle all the time of the, of the media space. And I, I sort of say that from a, if you go look at the business journalist stuff, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, uh, CNBC, like all of these, uh, they love big tech, they love Silicon Valley, they love startups, they love public companies. They're like allergic to services, right? Like just allergic right. to services companies. That's a good point. Uh, and you then go over to the tech press, right? The Verge, CNET, uh, Protocol. Like, I mean, by the way, all of all of which I consume all the time. I read all this stuff. Uh, they're also kind of allergic to services. They love Silicon Valley. They love startups. They love tech reviews. They love product reviews. Like, they're allergic to services. 
Nobody talks about services. But then there is an ecosystem of press organizations that focus on services, and they are mostly what we call pay to play, meaning that the advertisers are the most important audience to deliver the audience as, as product. <laughs> right. So you think think about the idea of that that, that the you know where, where the the journalism is not the focus. The i the they've they are these multi tentacle events, marketing services, channel engagement. They've all got all these other arms of the business, and being a good journalist is not top of mind. I would say for every one of the individual people, it totally is from a business perspective. That's not necessarily what they do. Uh, And I said, and particularly if you say with a voice of the provider and their services to their customers, many of these firms spend a lot of time thinking about the relationship of the provider to their vendor or to their distributor. I want to say like, well, I want to focus looking outward. And I came up with this, kind of concept of I am going to respect my audience's time. And I mean this at two levels. The first is I want to make sure that everything they listen to from me comes with like value. Like it's got to be really valuable. And then the second bit was, and it's got to be short. (laughs) Like like (laughs) I will, I will not wait. I literally will not waste their time in either meaning of the word time the time that they give me, as well as it will not be longer than it has to be. And that's right. the basic idea. So you came up with a daily five-minute podcast. I did. Now, <laughs> is it, like to me, because I do a half an hour and I used to do hour-long podcasts, now I won't even do a, an hour-long podcast unless somebody's paying me for it. Like it's, it has to be worth my time as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but, but. I can't even conceive of a five-minute podcast because it seems to me that would take more preparation than an hour-long podcast. Oh, it totally does. It, it I freely admit it 100% does. I spend... If you're going to boil down the day into five minutes, those better be the right three stories. <laughs> yes, a 100%, but it, but it fits to my mantra. I will respect that your time. You're giving me five minutes. It's going to be awesome. Like that, I think of that every, like it better be really good. I've done the reading and the research and the writing and, and I have edited it and I have juggled and stuff doesn't make the cut. And I like, I, every day I spend a bunch of time reading and processing and sorting and, and doing, you're exactly right. But I really legitimately think that that is the right way to do it. If you want your thing to really be valuable. And I would point out in case people haven't heard it. So at the end of your podcast, you always say, this is, you know, written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, and in line with the ethics statement that I've got on at uh, mspradio.com. So is the point of that to say, uh, if I speak well or ill of a vendor, they have, nobody has paid me to say any of that. That is that is absolutely a part of that. Is is that that I am I am very open about the, my approach to this. 
I've put on the journalist hat. I didn't go to school to be a journalist. I went to, I went to school to be a computer scientist, right? But I figured <laughs> you should spend your time thinking about the statements you want to make. So I've, I, make mis- I make statements like, when I make a mistake, I will correct it promptly and I will disclose that. Uh, I will maintain anonymity of sources. I will honor embargoes. But I also have on the record statements. If you talk to me, it should be considered on the record unless we both agree. You can't just go, oh, it's on background. No, 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 no. We like talking to me is not private unless we agree. We both agree it's private. I also make clear. Uh, I will tell people what I have been paid to say. So, for example, I think an ad can be an ad. Right. And it's clearly differentiated in my show. You can hear the difference in an audio, right. the way it's done. Uh, and, it, and it says brought to you by. Right. Exactly. So, you know what? I've, you know exactly what I've been paid to. One of the things I talk about on the show all the time is understanding people's financial motivations. So mine are completely published, including, by the way, like my stock holdings, because I do I do currently have, you know, some some holdings that were a previous that were come up from a previous job. You need to know that if you want to dig into where my perspective comes from. And I try and disclose those bits anytime it's appropriate in the story. And that's the, the idea is, is I'm going to be really transparent about everything that I'm doing so that you can I, 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 you know you can understand my motivations where they come from financially but more importantly i'm not a hypocrite when i say right. you must understand people's financial motivations that includes me so uh, you have i don't know whether you did this intentionally or just got lucky but uh, so you've developed this sort of regular product that you do and i think of you know there are certain people in our community like gary peekett right when Gary Pickett comes out and he's got his little report on the, the state of our industry, uh, you know, people pay attention and they read through it. And uh, you now have this diversity report that you've done six quarters in a row and just recently released the, the latest Q1 2022 diversity report from the business of tech. And we're going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, but why don't you tell us what that is? What 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 were you looking for when you first came out with a diversity report. So it, it dates back to the first report was September 2020. Let's put that back into context. That's the summer of the of protests and the murder of George Floyd and a lot of reckoning around uh, what ha- what's happening from a race perspective, particularly in, in the US. And uh, I th- I'm a data guy. I think a lot about these kinds of statements. And I also knew that I didn't understand necessarily everything that I needed to understand about it. So I spent a lot of time thinking and reading. And I said, you know what? I can, I can apply my data skills to this space. And uh, my data and thesis has been that diversity is good for business. Uh, I want to look more like, I want to understand customers more. And the more I look like them from an organizational perspective, the more you can sell to them. And my basic premise, which seems to be supported by research, like coming out of hard business review and such like that is that, look, diversity is good because then it allows you to reach into communities and, and organizations you might not normally sell to, understand your customers better, you outperform, the data says that. Well, we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about women in the channel for a very long time, <laughs> right? And then after post, you know, post the summer of, of 2020, there also was this flood of let's talk about diversity. Like let's let's talk about diversity. And I didn't want to just sort of give lift service to it. I always said, I'm going to 
track it. Let's let's see what's happening over time. Uh, you, we all say in managed services all the time, can't uh, can't manage what you don't measure, right? right. So who's going to measure it? Well, I'll take a stab at this. I couldn't find any data. So here I am, six you know six reports later, saying, hey, I've been tracking this. Uh, and what I do is I go out and I look at, I've picked 300 companies, which by the way, I don't disclose the, the specific 300, but they are all within the IT services delivery space. Uh, these, these are, and they, and so I said, I'm going to start tracking them. And my methodology is I look on their website. You go to their website, uh, you look at their leadership team and you count people. Right. You, you count noses. You count noses. You just start looking and going, and, and you kind of like, I call it, you know, sometimes I, I quip and I call it counting white people. Like I just go uh, <laughs> like, like, and it, you know, you say, are they white? Are they black? Are they non-white? I put them in. And, and so somebody gets, gets hit in, but if you are black, you are also non-white, right? So you'd be in both. And I literally just go, I'm counting. And I also then say, I want to say, I acknowledge this is a completely imprecise system. And it is not perfect, uh, but don't let perfect be the enemy of doing. <laughs> so, right. so I start somewhere, right? And I do the same for, for gender, right? I look at male and female. Again, completely acknowledging that there is a broader uh, look. I'm not measuring trans. I'm not, I'm not measuring like pronouns. I'm not looking like, but it's just the like, hey, I'm just going to make a look and I might be wrong and that's okay. By the way, I have a self-reporting mechanism. If a company wants to come to me and give me their actual numbers, that's cool too. Like the way they count it, and then and they do a lot own. of people do that. A lot of companies do that. Uh, a non-zero number do. <laughs> a lot, no, <laughs> no, a lot don't. And I, I hope over time they would. I hope they, and I'm going to continue to offer that. But right now they don't. Um, but I also will say the reason I don't name people is I'm not trying to shame anybody. This isn't about shame. This is saying here's 300. They're going to be my sample set to give me a sense of how we are doing. And just to give, give you a sort of a sense, I then slice it over whether or not they're publicly traded or they're Fortune 1000. Are they a vendor? Are they a tech provider? Are they a distributor? Are they in the US? Are they rest of the world? So like, I actually get a good sense of that. So, for, you know, for those listening, you know, about, uh, about just shy of 50% of my sample set is technology providers. You know, right now for the for for March 2020, that number is at 49.17 of of the of the group. Or so of the 300, there's a in the neighborhood 150 IT service providers companies. Now the other thing to look at is 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 I also look. You have to understand the number of humans that I've measured, and and the number of humans is around uh, is is 3,244 humans across. It's actually 301 companies. Right. Um, and so, so that's a, that's a pretty good sizable number of people to, to, to go count. And by the way, the raw number of humans does change every quarter um, because of course people fire, their leadership teams are not consistent. One company may have 20 people on their leadership team and another may have two, <laughs> you know, but, but. So, so when you say leadership, is this literally you go to their page, you click on about, and you see who they put on their web page as their correct. Leader. My theory being is is that they are the representation of who they want to put forth as their leadership team. So I go to the website, and if it defines a leadership team, we only look at the leadership team. If it defines the entire team, we count everybody. <laughs> is, right. So oh, so if they put up their entire company, 
Correct. We, we just count, count the all whole, the noses. We count the whole thing. We count the whole thing. Uh, because my theory there being is, is that if you've put forth that as your le- your leadership is everybody, because that's who you've put on your website, that makes sense to me to say, like, well, we'll just count everybody. Right. Um, so if somebody comes to you and says, well, this is not representative because, you know, whatever, 40% of our middle management is non-white, you would say, well, then put 40% of your... <laughs> Your people on your webpage. Well, one of my yeah, and one of my arguments has been the like you want to make you one answer to making a leadership team more diverse is make the leadership team bigger, <laughs> like, right. empower more people. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of research because Harvard and others have done massive research on this, and increasing diversity increases profitability and creativity yes. and all kinds of so. So we're just going to take that as a given. But cool. in terms of the big numbers, like the, the big numbers, what are you finding? Like, what is the number of non-whites within, roughly speaking, the IT industry as represented here? It's about 10%. 10%. 10%. 10%. 10%. that represents the population or just the leadership? Or do you think it actually represents the leadership? I think it represents the leadership. Um, I, I think that's about where it is. Um, I can tell you it is slightly better in publicly traded companies and in Fortune 1000 companies. Um, I, I see when I pull that subgroup out, the number is better. Uh, when I slice other ways, it's about the same. I distri- distribution versus vendors versus solution providers, US, non-US, that doesn't seem to matter. Size does seem to, to create more diversity in leadership teams. Uh, the other thing I'll, I'll observe is, is that it, these, these groups is about 20% female. Um, and that's also pretty consistent across all the groups. No matter how I slice that, it's about 20% women. And that's interesting because with few exceptions, most of the events that we go to are not 20% female. Uh, there, I would say there are some, CompTIA comes to mind, where there's a uh, just a better a better mix than at other conferences, but twenty percent may be at the high end of of uh, female representation in our industry. Yes, I would and I would think so. And and but but interestingly, I can tell you that when I look at tech providers of their le- again leadership teams, they're also about twenty percent. So it's been six quarters, so a year and a half. Uh, is there a trend yet, or is it basically staying the same? It's getting slightly worse, which is oh. unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I, I actually like it is. It is disappointing to look at this. That that when I look at what I mean by getting slightly worse is it is getting slightly more white. <laughs> when I compare the population, because again, I'm calling out white. It when I started looking at this, it was about 82 percent, and then my current data, it's 87 percent. It has wow. been getting and it and it shows it got worse each quarter generally got worse june of 21 got a little bit better but then it offset that um you know with and and so it's it's getting a little bit worse but to to also go september 20 september of 2020 to march of 2022 yeah that's it's not getting better it's getting worse Um, so when you when you look at the different ways that you've broken it out and i looking specifically at like Vendors, Fortune 1000, and publicly traded, those are almost identical. I mean, they're a percentage yeah. difference between them, but essentially 
those are all right in the 85% white, 15, 14% uh, non-white category. Um, yes. And, and I felt it was important because it's like every single way I slice this, I'm getting the same answer. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, it's, I don't know if it's better or worse because we didn't do this 20 years ago, but there's a lot of research that fewer women as a percentage, uh, fewer women are getting into IT than they than were 30 years ago. And so I guess the big, big, big question is the one you ask every day on the business of tech. Why do we care? So I think there's two reasons of why do we care. And one is strategic and one is tactical. If I, if I think, or big picture, little picture, depending on how you want, want to do it. Like, and let's start with the tactics is the, look, I'm always looking for ways for people to make more money, <laughs> to have a more successful <laughs> business, right? Like literally, if I'm just thinking tactic, like all of the time, it's how I, what I can give recommendations to IT services companies to make more money. The research tells me that you can gain roughly 20% <laughs> profitability by being a diverse organization. Which like if, is huge. Right. If I could tell you, you could grow your business by 20% right now, most providers would go, please sign me up for whatever product that is or whatever. Like, what new thing do I need to sell? Everyone would get super eager, right? If it was a marketing technique or a, uh, a new thing you could go sell. And I'm telling you, being good at diversity will put 20% in, in, you know, into your business. Do you want it? That's the <laughs> offer, right? That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the very tactical statement that I make uh, is the, look, I'm looking for ways for you guys, for all the listeners to do better. You want 20%? Go be diverse. Seriously. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, so that's, the, that's the first bit. Why do we care? Because I don't know, we're business people and we're in the business of making money. So right. let's go do it. The second thing is, is the, I actually do think that there's an amplification industry wide of being as a industry more diverse is better for the rising tide argument from an economic perspective. Again, I want to deliver IT services in every market that can, can accept our services and can pay us, right? And I want to make sure we're not missing market spaces because we don't understand them. Um, you know, the, the, by the way, let's acknowledge two white guys sitting on a podcast talking about this, right? right. There, are, there are challenges I, you do not understand about being black, being a woman. <laughs> like, like, and so we may not think of ways of delivering services that serve those challenges. The best way to do that, to address that is have an, in, like in the industry, those voices coming into it so that we can think about the way to deliver solutions that serve more of the market. So from a market perspective, I think it's really important that we get good at this because I'd like to, to have solutions that are, have upside for as many potential customers as possible. Right. Well, and you know, there's so many sides to this. I sit on the Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Committee at CompTIA, and you know, a lot of small businesses say, "Well, there's nothing. There's not much I can do about diversity. There are three of us, or there are five of us, right? And we are who we are." And so, 
do they have a role to play in this? I, I, How, so I 100 percent believe that. Um, so there, are, okay. So there's only three of you. At some point, there will be a fourth, right? Think about the way you hire as just an example of that. Do you get a parade of people that look exactly like you? Make a change so that in your hiring process, you can you only look until you have also spoken to, to people that don't look and sound like you. Don't stop the hiring process to make a decision until you have talked to, to people that until you've got talked to someone that does not look and sound like you. The first time will be incredibly painful because your system is not designed to provide that to you. But just like, and I'm speaking to a guy who spends a lot of time on process, the more you refine it, the better the process will get. And over time, you will make sure that you are, your pool gets wider a lot faster. Right. <laughs> and well, so, and, and you know, uh, so, you know, Amy Babinchek, who's one of yeah. the co-hosts here. Uh, so she had an experience in the last year where she changed the way that she advertised to specifically make it easier for women to apply because she used to believe like, well, there's only so many women in the industry. And so it is what it is. And then she changed her advertising and suddenly got a lot of women to apply. So there's something in her wording and we're going to have her on and talk about it. But uh, so, so you can encourage more people with the right wording um, it's just, right. it just has to be a decision you make. I, I talk all the time about active and passive decisions. Like you can make an active decision to do something or you cannot make a decision, which is also a decision, right. <laughs> right? Decisions can happen to you by the actions you don't take as well as the actions you do. And I just look at this and I say, this, this feels like an area where you can, just you push further. And by the way, it's hard. It's always hard in the beginning. And just like all of the other things, you have to make the effort to do it to be better. You know, in, in my own org, like I actually do look at like, you know, booking of guests or, or sources. And I go, did I get, did I reach out enough to hit all the criteria? Oh, and by the way, one of them needs to be diverse voices. Like, did I get enough of that to make sure that I'm not living in my own little echo chamber? That's how, how you do this. And again, the more broad appeal you can find, the larger your potential customer base or hiring base or whatever it is, particularly when, when I think about now, how much harder, everyone's saying how hard it is to find people. Well, why would I do anything that limits the reach of the potential people I might talk to? Right, especially that 20% increase, right? I mean, that's a hell of a motivator. Like, you know, the, there's a commercial, what would you do for a whatever bar, right? <laughs> Yeah. For a Klondike bar, right? Well, what would you do for a twenty percent increase in revenue? Well, yeah, would, would you work? Would you, would you make a couple of changes in your process? I would. Like, I'm in the. I like that idea. I like. And again, I I am a, a capitalist at heart. I am in the business of making money. These are areas where doing the right thing and doing the profitable thing align. I love that. So, uh, so next question is, is anybody paying attention? Have people talked to you about this and said, you know, Hey, either, either do more of that or do less of that, or, you know, stop talking about it. Or the answer is, I think I, I definitely feel always people are listening and are tracking, uh, because I get that reflected back to me of 
things about not just on this topic, but on many topics where, where these ideas get reflected back to me. Uh, I, that's the area that I measured on. It's, re, it's always really hard to see. Like, you know, you look at, you look at it from the perspective of uh, I can see it in some downloads. I can see it in content. Like I can see it, like one of my diversity reports is one of my most downloaded pieces or most downloaded podcast was one of the diversity reports, like by far one of the most, most downloaded that tells me that people are listening. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this again for exactly the reasons that I just stated. I am a good hearted capitalist. I believe in this in addressing <laughs> this stuff because I like making money. <laughs> and, and so right. I look at it from that perspective. This is again, the right thing to do that also makes a difference. People are looking the, the right answers to that 20% where you're going to get your next growth is not, I'm going to get some magic new thing to sell. It's, actual changes to the way you deliver your services that make you stand out. Very cool. Well, we're almost out of time, but why don't you tell us the best way to get a hold of you? And we haven't talked about Patreon yet, so you got like 27 seconds. <laughs> so the easiest way to get in touch with me is all of my resources are at businessof.tech. There's a big blue button where you can subscribe to the content on your favorite way. Uh, that's on YouTube or on the on any of your favorite podcatcher. Uh, additionally, if you're interested in the diversity report, there's a diversity report button right at the beginning and at the top of businessof.tech. You did mention Patreon for uh, those that believe the idea of an independent journalist analyst is good for this space and you find value in what I'm doing. I offer my uh, pay what you value it at model. You can support me directly at patreon.com slash MSP radio. Uh, you pick the amount of money. I don't pick it. You tell me what you think my stuff is worth. And I'm always grateful for that. And then Patreons get access to content early. They generally get stuff about a week before it goes out to the public. And they are my sounding board and the way I get, get lots of immediate feedback. And you can get written versions of all my stories in the first 30 days by being a Patreon. And you've mentioned a few times that... Uh... Patreons uh, sometimes send you questions or whatever that spur you to do a story or to comment about something that you hadn't necessarily had on your radar before. I love being challenged by my patrons because of course these are people that are getting value out of what I do and they and I so I completely listen to them <laughs> in terms of what they're doing and, and I love I I love debating ideas and you know just this past week I got a note from one of my patrons who was like oh you're Dave I think you're totally missing it you're wrong and it's like great this is exactly the point of the conversation I don't necessarily say I have to be right I have to stimulate your way of thinking. And if you go out and think I'm wrong and you make a bunch more money doing it your own way, prove me wrong, make more money. That's, that's the actual driver of this stuff. Right. Very good. All right. Dave Sobel, businessof.tech. Thank you for being with us today. And we'll put all the links down below. If you love this or hate this, go ahead and give us some comments, uh, give us some feedback, and we'll have Dave on to comment about that. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. This has been another SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.